Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our What If coverage, the Marvel Studios Disney Plus animated series. And this week, we are taking a trip to Zombieland. What If Zombies, episode five. But before we get into that, let's introduce our guests and our panel. First, the super producer one, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, AC? I'm doing excellent. Excellent. Looking forward to talking about this episode. And Jumby Lime, Free Black Dragon Rule, always Jerome Chang. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Awesome. Awesome. And we do have a guest with us. We do have a guest with us. Uh, he was actually the voice of the, of our watcher in last week's episode when we went to an alternate universe. One Mosiah has joined us for this episode. Mosiah, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess, I guess where I should start is in terms of this episode is just the the general idea of Marvel Zombies and to kind of set it up. If anybody's read the comic of uh, Marvel Zombies, there was a what if uh, some years back, I believe the first edition was like 2005 or 2006, something along those lines. And um, if you get to read it, it's just kind of wild to think about how the zombies are sentient in the way that they can speak. They're pretty, they're smart. They know what they're doing, but they can't really help themselves. Like just to give you an example, uh, the first edition of it starts with Spider-Man getting uh, bitten by Captain America. He goes home to Mary Jane and Aunt May and all of a sudden he can't help himself and eats both of them. And that's how it starts. And boy, from there, it just devolves into a lot of crazy stuff. So to see what if tackle this uh, is very, very interesting. Mosiah, I'll start with you since this is your first time here. I wanted to get not only your general thoughts on what if as a series to this point, but mm. also what were your general thoughts on this episode? So a two pronged question. Cool. I'll be real. I think what if is... I'm a big fan of a lifelong fan of Marvel um, and I am a lifelong fan of animation. So to see the two combined is really, really exciting. Um, I, I gotta say, I love the series. I think I love tuning in and seeing like, okay, like what game are they playing now? Like, what are they gonna do differently in this episode and stuff? And it's been cool to see, like, it's been cool to see the initial prompt of like, for example, when an episode like where Chadwick Boseman, where um, T'Challa is Star-Lord, it's cool to see that and then to see like the other repercussions, like seeing the surprise inside, like, oh, snap, Thanos is part of the team and he's a good guy. So I think like there's that two-edged side of it of just like there's an exciting premise. And then like once you're in it, there's like there's the like trickle an exciting... down effect. Yeah, there's like a surprise inside in general, of, like what's the butterfly effect of that? So I love that aspect. This episode, this episode, I felt, I felt really happy about. I felt like they, it was the first one that had like my favorite character, Spider-Man. And it was cool to see him in action. And I felt like the guy who played him, Hunter Thames, like Hudson Thames, sorry, did an amazing job. And um, it was cool to see him with the team 
And the team itself was kind of a hodgepodge of different people. Like you had Sharon Carter and then you had Kurt from (laughs) Ant-Man. So I I thought it was really interesting seeing them play off of each other. It was lighthearted at times, which was an interesting tone choice. But I think overall it was really cool to see like the darker moments inside of it. Like, for example, Vision trying to keep like Wanda alive and like the really screwed up way that he tried to do that um yeah i i i I loved it i watched it three times in preparation for this and i i felt like it was i felt like there was something new to be seen out of each time shout out to you being dedicated to the craft first of all yeah watch it two more times than i did (laughs) (laughs) secondly i think to kind of just set up um the plot before i go to jake and jerome this is kind of take this basically takes place like right around Infinity War. And this is when Hank Pym goes to retrieve Jan in the quantum realm. And Jan, unfortunately, uh, contracts a quantum realm virus, which turns her into a zombie. She attacks Hank and then everything goes to hell from there. So it, it, it is fun to see how all of that kind of played out. Uh, Jake, I'll go to you. For, go to you next in terms of this episode and what you thought of um, its concept and the way that it was executed. What were your thoughts? Well, one, I just want to say this: begin the beginning of it with the quantum virus is a perfect example of how you can put quantum in front of everything and we just accept it because, like, <laughs> there's actually like no real reason why being in the quantum realm will give you. Of, I, I understand how it, it would make her a zombie. It was definitely a wink-wink moment. I, I, yeah, I understand yeah. how it would make her a zombie, but how it gave her a transmittable disease, I'm not quite sure about, but fine. I'm willing to accept that. I thought it was funny how, like, there's a like, quantum virus, whatever. Um, but I enjoyed this episode a decent amount. Um, I don't think I loved it as much as everyone else did, but I think I, I definitely was the one episode I'm like, I wish that this was an hour long instead of a half hour, because it felt like he had to jump from set piece to set piece. Um, but it did feel very indebted to a lot of movies and like I think that it was I don't think it was an accident the way like the beginning of it felt very 28 days later um and obviously Spider-Man uh Peter points out different like things about horror movies and so it felt um like there's a lot of winking because I don't know if you could do the non-winking version of this episode in a half hour um because like if they didn't take it somewhat unseriously at times they would be so heavy that it would be like a slog um without any of the levity um and i think i think this episode is the one that benefited the most from being an alternate universe because like while it was unfortunate when characters we care about died we know that there's really no stakes to any of these things and this episode felt like it uh had the most fun with that that i was like okay if there's no stakes then we can do a zombie story where anyone can die where captain america can die easily where sharon can get blown up from the inside out like it, it felt very um where it, Captain America could be in it and not be voiced by Chris Evans. Oh, exactly. And it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and I do just want to know, I did, didn't occur to me until Mosiah said it, but the guy who played Spider-Man is quite literally named after two major rivers, the major cities. That's weird. Um, yep. And Hudson also City. one... Hudson Tim's, I suppose, if he's... Yeah, there. one in New York. I was reading something about that. One in New York and then they're like... The and then Thames is in the, like the Thames. England. Yeah. It's pronounced the, the Thames. Thames. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm assuming it's Hudson Thames. Um, weird stuff. Uh, but you know that's what you get in Hollywood. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh man, and I, I think you mentioned the stuff about Sharon being blown up inside out. Uh, this was a, I mean, as far as Disney goes, this is about as violent as they're going to get in terms of what we saw here. Uh, Jerome, how about you? How did you receive this episode? Uh, yeah, it was a fun time. 
Um, I think, well, I actually had one question just because you just, you did actually mention the uh, zombie um, storyline in the comics. Is that considered canon or is that just kind of like a spinoff? Like, oh, no, that's there. That's a, that's actually a what if story. Right. Okay. No, just, just curious on that. And like, if Mm -hmm. it in any way, like connected back the way that like this series does try to connect back, at least in saying like this really did happen just in a different universe. Um, But no, it it was a really fun uh, episode. And I think uh, like the opening sequence, uh, like in classic, like Spider-Man, like MCU Spider-Man movie with like the home video introducing Mm -hmm. all the characters was perfect. Um, I think tapping into things like that, where it was self-referential is even just like the whole Spider-Man movies was really fun that way. And then using Peter as kind of the, uh, conduit to be the like this is these like these are horror movie tropes these are how zombies work and like kind of working back and forth that way was really cool um and then yeah uh yeah to Messiah's point about just like the hodgepodge of characters right like when they were doing that introduction series I was like oh I didn't know we're going here like we're gonna put Winter Soldier in here he's like we're having all these uh specific characters uh come into play and um and then, yeah it, I think it was really fun that way and then uh just because we had those characters and because of the recency of things like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like the the existing Disney Plus series that have happened so far, because they exist in our memory, it created greater stakes than we what we would have had right normally. Like especially when it came to uh, Vision and Wanda, and like Vision really giving me a lot of like robot and invincible vibes. Mm. you know like mm-hmm. a little yes. bit of that going on oh yeah good point. um but uh yeah i i think i think it was all a fun time i agree with jake that like it would be that would have been something kind of fun in itself to have like either an hour or a two-parter to it just to, like let i, I kind of just not even to like tell more story i just like like living in a zombie world for a bit longer just because it's like <laughs> one of those things that especially when you know Marvel zombies is such a popular thing that for the longest time, I think um, any Marvel fan has always been like, oh, will they ever tackle zombies? Like, will they ever tackle that storyline? And you never had a logical way in. And then like MCU happens, like where the hell are we fitting zombies into movies? (laughs) And then they have what if, and it actually works out. And it's almost like, um, I I, like, actually I would pass it to both you and Messiah. Like, do you would you have wanted more of it knowing that they finally tackled zombies? Besides, I'll let you go first and then I'll go. Yeah, I'll be real. Yes, I'm a, I'm with Jake in the terms of like, especially. I felt like this episode ended on a cliffhanger in a way because they had Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet at the mm-hmm. end. And for me, that was a moment that was like, oh, man, I really want to see how that shakes out. <laughs> and this is kind of. I don't know, when you watch it, the theme of hope and the fact that it's a bunch of people sacrificing themselves, this was kind of what ifs Rogue One in a way. Mm-hmm. You know like what I'm that, saying? Yeah. Where it's just like, and now I kind of want to see like the A New Hope. You know what I mean? I want to see like how that all <laughs> shakes out, like what happens in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And also it it would be cool to see, and I, I'm with Jake in terms of like, there is a light tone that goes with that goes throughout and sometimes it works. Sometimes it feels like a little bit. It it almost feels I think like the a latter weird... half of it when it they try to like go back to the lighter side. It's just like we can just go dark at this point. Like it, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Especially after here's the thing. Like if we're talking in sequence, 
the episode right before this was a Doctor Strange episode, and Doctor Strange was dark. Like right. that episode, what a strange like lost his lost his heart instead of his hands. Dark as heck. Marvel zombies could have gone that direction where it's just like we're just gonna make this dark. There's a lot of grief that's happening, and they do justify mm-hmm. it with like. Peter being like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is, you know, like, you have to keep the hope alive, you know, in order to, you know, like, for the people who passed away. But I I, I did want to see them go, you know, like, this is, this is an apocalypse in the most gory, bloody, and, like, kind of freakiest way. You know what I mean? You're watching your friends, like, get sliced and decapitated and, like, ruined right in front of you. It's a I, lot of the checklisting that's happening with the characters too, because like Captain America literally shows up for all of what a couple minutes to just like I guess that you, there's not too much more you could do with that character in that moment, but yeah. I think even adding like another minute to each of our major characters and letting them have like more to do or something to go with it because they are totally. a little more sentient than your regular zombie. Um, I I think since I doubt we go back to zombies, it would be nice to like have more of it or do we i don't know do we yeah i i hope we go back i hope yeah. they i hope they maybe they bring it back in season two maybe I they think bring it back would. in another one i right. would take it i would guess that they bring it back in season two because i think that a lot of the response is we want a part two <laughs> and it's an exciting it's an exciting concept like i think marv it's kind of it's the hook of what if to me at least like because i've known about what if since i was like since it came out when i was little mm-hmm. and i remember being like oh like two big parts of what if was like the peter porker aspect and then like the what mm-hmm. if like zomb like what if zombies mm-hmm. was like the biggest thing for me so well, I, think- I think that's how you could tell what zombies was so big because i asked about zombies and i knew that i knew about zombies and i didn't realize it was what if like that's how big like the zombie storyline was in that way like it, totally it really oh because it was wild yeah, like yeah. it w- really was wild like it's one thing to have zombies with no you know like the walking dead or any of the mother like regular zombies but to have super powered beings as zombies completely aware of what they're doing and talking at the same time and having like real conversations with each other about how like we're so desperate to eat and literally a storyline is we're running out of stuff to eat and that's like that was like just crazy to think about it It just kind of sounds like jake like jake drunk in new york and like the middle of the night and just like (laughs) looking for a meal that's honestly like and and, i think that that's I don't appreciate how you bring that up, but yeah, it doesn't matter that. No. Um, I was going to say, Jerome, I would agree. That does sound very familiar. Yeah. Um, running out of stuff to eat. No, thank God. The great thing about New York is you can never run out of stuff to eat. Exactly. But I actually think that for the time of the episode, I think that um, I understood why they didn't have the zombies talk um, because it's already pretty tight. And I think that yeah. if you if they're talking, you have to give them screen time. Right. Um, and uh and I think that it was, it also, I think, made it um, easier to understand because you didn't need to break down how smart they were. Because, like, they were right. basically, they were like brain dead zombies, but like with the ability to use superpowers. Um, whereas, I think if you had them talking, you'd have to like really explain what exactly is going on with the brains that they simultaneously would just be like half the Hollywood stars without a makeup department. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode and is the fact that they really made a lot of nods to the real MCU. There's just a lot of different mm. points and a lot of little episode moments like 
Banner not being able to Hulk out in front of um, Ebony Maw and Cull Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bucky and Sam relationship when Okoye kills Sam and just that. Like, there was a lot of cool stuff. And even, even uh, Scott Lang as a head just making jokes like right. that. On, uh, that on its own was like really really cool so um i really i really like this episode i really enjoyed it and i think to Mazaya's point like as far as the as far as the dark element yeah i would like to see more of this and i actually don't mind how they leave some of these stories because i think it's kind of the point yeah like, uh like what you call it like and especially like these last couple as we've gone down a little bit more of a dark road and and foreboding and stuff like that it's definitely stuff that I feel that they could revisit in season two. I mean, we mentioned the the uh, the ego Peter Quill stuff like that's stuff that you can go back to. I feel like if they choose to now, I know that they're going to do some phase four uh, movie stuff, which could get really interesting, especially based off of the first couple of things that we got to of this course. point. But um, I feel like the you know, especially with this one, there it really feels like they have a good grasp now on the concept after warming us up to it in the, in the original captain Carter episode, which was, was mundane compared to what we've gotten after that. So, but I think that there's, they had to start with that one because that is the most simple, like one thing's different and like, it's incredibly easy to follow. Establish the concept. So you understood what you're going through and then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And very, I think it's very similar to like first Avenger, where it's like first Avenger was like, chronologically the first movie in the universe and it's like i mean it's basically very phase one origin story like it had to stay basic <laughs> yeah it went yeah. from it kind of went the same way as like all the phases where it's just like it started off like kind of like on earth kind of lo- like kind of on like relatively low stakes compared to space and the universe so it's cool that they started off that way yeah for sure um i i do have a question for the three of you if there were three mcu characters that you could take to fight in a zombie apocalypse and the rest of the characters were all zombies, which three would you take? Jerome, I'll start with you. Um, okay. I'm going to go with probably Groot is one. I just don't know that Groot can turn into anything. And so I feel like that, stays pretty safe for us uh i would have said wanda but then somehow wanda got bit i don't understand how that didn't uh that happened um one sec uh new building tension but no no it was crazy it was crazy that she was immune to getting bit but not immune to you know right like she was immune to she was immune to getting cured but not immune to getting bit that Um, is interesting yeah i mean yeah, I think if Hulk doesn't have performance issues, it seems like he was doing okay. He uh, was. Like, right. that's the thing that stood out to me. Yeah, in this he episode. would be on my list. Well, yeah, I, I got I, Hulk up yeah. there. So, like, okay, so I'm at Groot, Hulk, and then the last one, because uh, if we're going on, you know, zo- like, get him at the head, right? Like, is this how we're taking care of zombies in this? Yes. Yeah. Yondu. Okay. Because he has the one thing that and he, he has the range, every- the range yeah. weapon. Too, he has so the range. He can just cover the whole area. I guess like that. Uh, shoot, I already went with mine. I I have a, another one that I would, but I'm not going to 
steal every, anyone else's. Fair, fair enough. Uh, um, uh, Jake, how about how about you, sir? I'm gonna definitely go with the Hulk, just because I think that it, it kind of implies that like the gamma, because he's like impervious when he's the Hulk, it implies mm. that, like the zombies can't break the skin if he's in Hulk mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helpful. I would go with. It's hard because there's people I think what I would go with, but they got bit. Like Doctor Strange seems like a no brainer, right? But he got bit somehow. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so I go with. Uh, and the thing about Vision too is Vision went crazy. Vision seems like a pretty obvious one Yo, too. That was kind um, of dark. We'll get into I'll, that. I'll go with I'll go with the Wasp because she was holding her own. In even though she ended up getting bit, mm-hmm. I think that having someone who can get small and wings. Because, like, you need someone who can go get food without being seen. And she right, can fly right. above all the zombies. And then point. and then I'll go with Thor because... See, uh, Thor, he, Thor was yeah. where I was leaning That was Thor. one of mine. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I think that he's just all around good. And, like, if we need to make a quick getaway, um, he can call up to Heimdall. Um, also think about Stormbreaker in Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's got the power of thunder. He's got he's got yeah. both a ranged and close-up weapon, which anyone who's ever played an RPG knows is very valuable. So right, right. Mm, very interesting. Uh Messiah, how about you? Um, I'm gonna go with Hella. Nice. From, yeah, I like that. Because she seems to be a little bit stronger than Thor. Um, mm. I think that she also projectiles. I, projectiles. And also yeah. she just doesn't. I don't think that she would let anybody give her shit. You know what no. I mean? Like, I feel like she's not person where just like, you're, you're opposing me? No, nah, mm-hmm, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, Vision. The one factor to that is that we got to take out Wanda. Like, like, so some, Immediately? Like, either we got to take out Wanda or we got to protect her in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But like, if Vision did not have Wanda as a factor, I think that Vision would have been amazing. And this, which is what made this episode so interesting. And it was cool to see Paul Bettany and Vision take that dark turn. If you take Wanda out of the picture completely and you get like sad Drake, like Vision, <laughs> like is, is that helping your cause either? Like, I don't know. Is, like, I, just, I don't know. If, I don't do, know. Like, do you think he gets yeah. Like, do you think his like logical brain is just like, oh, we got to move on? Like, or does he just live and with her? It's, um, it seems completely different. Certified hover boy. Exactly. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. I feel like I feel like Vision. I don't know. There is a side. I think about Vision in Age of Ultron, and he's very observant of people in general. Yes. So I feel like tactically he would be cool to have on the side because he would just be like, like this is the way people are, and this is what I'm observing from like Mm -hmm. a pure, like kind of like a pure android standpoint. So like I definitely want to have him on the side. He's weird because like Vision is so different across the MCU. Yeah. He so is. We don't know what we're getting yeah. out of. But it. the thing is, in his defense, though, he is a newborn in Age of Ultron and he's right. learned human behavior. So it actually just kind of makes sense that he changes so much. He becomes yeah. more human, but he does right. still always have the analytical bit. Yeah. He does have the analytical bit. I am curious. It does, Jerome. I do love that because it does answer, it does beg the question like, what if he does lose Wanda in this? Is, do, we, do we also lose his, like, you know, like, is he gonna, is he still gonna ride for us if we do lose her in this? Mm type deal um and finally we didn't see her in this episode but captain marvel i'm really yep, curious yep. about like oh what yeah she, she could do i think that she i think once again she would be protected the whole time like you just wouldn't be able to get her through her like absolutely through. yeah, yeah she would just point. like beam through everybody um yeah interesting so for me um the three that i'm going to choose is i would go definitely go with hulk um, mm-hmm. Since Jake took Thor, I'm actually going to go with Wanda because of my third choice, 
my third choice would actually be Ultron. And knowing that Wanda is a perfect failsafe to stop Ultron after the fact, once we get through the zombie apocalypse, uh, would be why I would choose those three. Okay, I'm going to push back. No, um, push. Just don't put Ultron on your team. <laughs> I'm going to put Ultron on your team. He can't Ultron also was on top okay. of that. He, right. knows, right. he knows that his way... So first, first... So we'll like, start for all the, the talk that we had about Vision... You're about to put like the actual crazy one on your yeah. team. Am I wrong? Hold I think on. that Ultron would be on the zombie side that he would want yeah. to be destroyed. I don't know if he would necessarily be on the zombie side because at the end of the day, like what he's what his ultimate plan is, is like uh, a world in his image. Zombies, that's not really his image. Yeah, but he would just he would take out he would let the zombies take out humanity and then just take out the zombies, is what I would yeah. think. But I'm assume, but I'm also under the assumption that that there is a failsafe to deal I, with I, Ultron I think, in this instance. So something I, that, to me is just like, why uh-huh. would you bring someone on that you would need a failsafe for? Oh, because I'm trying to win one battle to get to the next. You can't always think that in in certain instances that you sound like you the Knicks just into- trying to get to the playoffs. Is what I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like you, you gotta get. I mean, you gotta get there first, and then you worry about it I after the fact. There that's like I feel that could get you straight to the championship. I don't know. But, what, like I, I don't know. That's I'm, like I'm, that's like. I'm, but that's the thing. That's like in baseball when you're in the when you're during the regular season and you use your closer two days in a row and like what you call it. Yeah, in most instances now they don't, which I which are very upsets me that they don't go uh-huh. to them the third day in a row. Sometimes you need that power arm that can get you through to the next day. And and Ultron is that power arm. I'll take the risk. I agree with the power. I'm just saying I don't know how he's fighting for you. I don't take the risk. There is a mind taking the risk. It could could all go absolutely wrong. But I also have There is a danger for thinking about... Yeah. The only reason why I see your team surviving is literally because only Ultron survives. And you're all done. Like he just leaves you in the dust. So like yeah, you you could come out at the end, but I, just I mean if know. I I mean if I, I just think them, yeah, I, go ahead, I was gonna say there's something dangerous about like you know going about this as a means to an end type deal, especially with someone like Ultron, because once the end is reached, like once like like the zombie apocalypse is saved, I feel like he's just gonna be like, wait, I have all this power, and humans are so corrupt and everything, and then like. And that's you know, when you that's when I, you I, that's when you bang him with Wanda at the end. You get him with Wanda at the end, and then he's out of there. You just but you're just adding a new villain from your no reason. Your old villain, <laughs> like you're adding your own adversary to your situation. I I'm trying to live. Like you're trying, trying to live. Need a, dead. You would need a survival team for your survival team. I don't believe that Ultron is the only person you can take there. Is there because like it's more? I think it's just an odd choice when you have so many other options. Well, I mean, I understand that there's plenty of other options, but in this instance, it's mine. So fair enough. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fair enough. And honestly, like, I think we will all be very respectful at your funeral. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, like, I, I granted, I already know right. myself. Just say, like, look, I, I was telling him this ultra thing was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like, ah, you know, I got a fail safe, and I was just like, hey. Wait, I'm not saying we're just, all standing here right wait, now. Wait, that's your speech? But, 
That's really <laughs> in your speech. No, 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 no that's, that's why I'm like, 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 very disappointed. While we're like having yeah. finger, I thought I thought like, I meant more to you. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Not, this, yeah. Like, like he was a good man. He was a good father. All that. But then, like after at the reception when we get everything out of the way, in the tier, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, look. I'm just saying mm. we wouldn't have be having like yeah. need to do this right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Listen, I like to think outside the box. Um, sure. So is so going to be inside the casket. Sorry. Well, <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into the next plot point. Sorry. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, I did. I did want to talk about Wanda and Vision because that actually was a very, very interesting plot point in this episode, specifically not only the not to the not to the what if zombies thing with poor T'Challa being uh, snacked on mm. uh, by 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 Wanda. Yeah. Uh, which in the comics, it was Hank Pym who oh, okay. who was hiding T'Challa from all the other zombies and just snacking on them every now and then they're having a constant food source. And Man. there's just a lot of chilling dialogue there okay. if anybody ever gets a chance is to read it actually like low-key just like someone's secret vendetta to like point out that hank Pym is a piece of shit because oh, like we're like I'm, now like oh, a couple man. episodes in we're just like this guy sucks. you know what somebody knew somebody inside that development team knew michael douglas and michael douglas was like hey man listen <laughs> 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 i got a little bit of fomo and um because everybody seems to have like all this cool stuff and like all this like cool villainy stuff could you uh could you maybe uh could you maybe put a little dash of hank pin stuff in there like and i think and that's then the writer's probably just like you sure about this and he's like, he probably was like oh, Hell yes. wait, you mean you think that you, Michael Douglas, can play someone who's untrustworthy? That's really a reach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now we've gotten two instances where Hank Pym messed everything up. Yeah. Um, it, fe- just- it feels like ultimate Mr. Fantastic in a way. Like, yeah. if, which mm. I'm still excited for Mr. Fantastic to show up. Like, that's a whole other conversation. Like, oh, I- you know what? Oh. Put that in a pin. We will talk about that after we're done reviewing this episode. I do want to get your Marvel takes and your Marvel thoughts. Don't worry. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! I got a whole bunch, man. All right, that's all. That 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 is excellent. But just want to move along with the uh, with the Wanda Vision thing because I do think that overall that part of it was was interesting and seeing and and you guys did a good job of like alluding to all of the stuff with Vision and how that all played out. The I love Ruffalo in this episode. The, the the voice in general, like his his surprise and shock that mm. that Vision would do something like that, um, was interesting to see. How did you guys see the story, um, Jerome? I'll start with you on this part. How did you see the the Vision and Wanda thing, and the fact that it seems like their relationship is always destined to end terribly? Yeah, there's that element. Um, I think what. Uh... I think that's like probably one of the things that works well in terms of like the larger what if concept for this series so far is just, uh, yeah, we love to jump into new situations and see how we switch it up. But like, you're always trying to look for like what remains consistent and um, Vision's love and dedication to Wanda remains consistent, just turns horribly toxic and just like horribly messed up. Um, But I I think also too, there's a, there, there is just something that like plays into the idea of like um, vision isn't human and vision mm-hmm. uh, vision for all his power pr- 
probably was not a great idea to be created because vision gun vision i guess <laughs> uh but no it i mean like to me that that's usually like what is probably like more exciting when it comes to a zombie movie it or zombie story it's not so much like the zombies themselves but just like how it turns characters that are seemingly good into like very horrifying versions of themselves and that was what they did with vision there and you know like you have that kind of twist that happens in a lot of zombie movies where um like people lose their humanity well you have someone that's an android that like doesn't even have his humanity to begin with and so uh that to me was probably the most terrifying part of the episode i think it was really chilling uh to see him actually tear the mind stone out of his head um yeah in this instance uh in this episode yeah at uh, least we stay consistent with that <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah. like all across all across the mcu Man. uh messiah how about you what what did you think what was your take on the vision wanda scenario in this i love I think what's, what I love about Marvel Studios and the reason why like I I think I really appreciate them and want to work for them later is that like they are really good with people's investment to what they put out. And like they do it very thoroughly. I feel like they're very much like, okay, like we're not going to show you something until you have to see it, for example, with No Way Home. And um, I feel like they're like that with Wanda and Vision where they they realize that like we're really invested in this chemistry and we have been since civil war even age of ultron dare i say and i think they found a way to do it and i think i think it must have there must have been conversations that like oh i would i would not be surprised that internally there was a conversation of like okay wandavision is happening is being developed and being shot while we're making this show you know what i mean how can we play into what people are gonna see a few months earlier. And I really, I think that they nailed it. I think that they, you know, from seeing WandaVision being invested in this chemistry to seeing that, seeing a another twisted version of that was like a what if, a mini what if inside a larger what if, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost like saying like, what if Vision was the one grieving over Wanda and trying to keep her alive versus vice versa? and everything and i thought that that was really special and so yeah it's it it's a it's a mini what if inside a larger what if for me yeah there's a lot of interesting parallels between like not only vision and wanda but a lot of the character choices and where the characters are in this episode uh jake um vision and wanda for you uh what was your takeaway yeah i think that uh mosiah is spot on about it being like the inverse and i think that that was so interesting it's kind of like not only are they fated to be together no matter like the fated to come together they're fated to be so close that like it's not it isn't just wanda wanda isn't over overreacting to vision's death in her mind like that their love was that special that it, it vision also felt the same way you know what i mean um that they were that essential to each other uh, and I thought that it was really interesting. And uh, I, I think it's very notable, you know, because he obviously is an android. Um, and I think that that also contributed to his callousness, because I think that even though he can relate to people and he understands people, I think the fact that he never had any skin in the game, literally, um, made it that he could bring himself to, you know, sequester himself away and not worry about the rest of humanity. Even though for the most most of his screen time, his purpose is to like help protect humanity, that Wanda is so important to him and he is 
is able to completely isolate himself from the actual problem of the zombies and just focus on Wanda. I thought it was really interesting and a great inverse, like I said. Um, and I do show. also love anytime a character says, well, like there's some noise or something ominous happening and they just say very calmly, I wish you didn't come. That's always great. It's always, it's always like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should not have come here. Because like he cares about the other Avengers, but he's like, he can't, he's like, I... I didn't want your race. He, the way he sees, like, you're making me do something I don't want to do. Now, obviously, he doesn't have to do it, but uh, I think that's always great. Now, we briefly touched on this earlier when uh, Chris Evans was mentioned by Jerome to you. Paul Bettany, again, did a tremendous job. And I also don't think that you can get over that character the way that you do without having Paul Bettany. This cast in this episode, pretty much all of the heavy hitters most of them how the hell is chris evans not doing any voices it's like uh, actually i was gonna look this up earlier but let me look up i want to look up where chris evans was born because he was obviously born in a suburb outside of boston and i just want to see like because i keep joking that oh he literally was born in boston okay so you mean something you couldn't find a place you know down on boyle street near emerson college you couldn't find somewhere near fenway to do some type of recording like you oh, couldn't have gone across the bridge to cambridge or somerville like i just don't believe that he was unable to do it like robert downey jr is a quadrillionaire he's on his like his own private island fine chris evans is just a dude like I, tom holland was contractually not allowed to i get that yeah but yeah. other than that how was you got fucking john favreau who's directed like that's what i'm saying just doing movies. a bunch of blams He's in the movie for, in the episode for like five minutes. And it's like, oh, no, Chris, I'm sorry. Sorry, so busy. So busy making whatever indie movie I'm going to make in order to pretend I'm not Captain America. Emily Van Camp. I mean, I don't know if he's doing indie movies. He just, oh, yes. he, he's casting in Don't Look Up, which is right, right, right. McKay. Right. Bang. No, but that's already filmed. I'm talking about, like, you know, when they're doing, I don't know. I'm also. For sure. I do this like. Is, this is a weekly segment where I break yeah, yeah. balls for not doing these, the show. I'm aware of it. Okay, good. <laughs> Evangeline Lilly. Paul Rudd. Yeah. All in yeah. it. I think literally like lives full time in Hawaii. Like, what the hell? Like, come on. <laughs> it's just like I, I, I could not, I could not believe, believe. Like, if you really just think about the magnitude of stars, and I think that's what really also helps the episode too. Because yeah. having the legit characters gives you that and, same feel for everything, and it makes you, it makes, it does a lot of the legwork of making you care about the characters. Because yes. since it's animated, you're not literally seeing the same characters you see on screen, and I think that. You need the voices to be the same, or else it does. It also feels like a, um, a not essential, and you know, like like a car, a side cartoon, like in a, a, a different universe. Yeah. Obviously, it's in a different universe, but like yeah. these characters are spiritually the same versions of the characters that we see in the MCU because they're played by the same actors. Whereas, if they all were played by different actors, it would feel more skippable for MCU fans. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, especially like with the uh, Stark Killmonger episode, which is not too far away at this point, like how that's going to play with um, No, No Downey there. That should, that should be interesting to see going forward. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on in this episode before I actually get to Spidey, because I do want to get to, to some of yeah. the stuff that happened with him. Um, Banner as not only Banner, but the Hulk, uh, that little confrontation with Wanda. Uh, who do you think ended up winning that fight? Uh, Jerome said, I'll start with you. Who do you think ended up winning that fight? Uh, in Hulk versus Ray, say it again. Hulk, Hulk versus Wanda as uh, they're escaping um, from Jersey. Ooh, 
Uh, I just don't know how that fight ends. And I, because Wanda, because like, look how Wanda handled Thanos mm-hmm. and uh, how Thanos handled yeah. the Hulk. Right. So, was that the transitive property? Like, I don't know. I think she's like, own. <laughs> Like, I think she would completely own the Hulk. The only thing about the Hulk, though, is um, could get beaten down. Uh, does the but like, does the Hulk die? That's the part I don't know that like comes. Yeah, I don't know this, if he does. Right. No, so I, don't think so. It, I, I think if you had that, and then so if you had that fight, like, is it just that he has to get like one clean moment to rip Wanda's head off? Yeah. I'll. It's, it's I'll, an interesting. Okay, yeah, it's an interesting question because I'm I, thinking like, this. It's it's just weird. I don't know because the other thing too is like I think the thing that I I understand exactly the point, and we just like had a whole segment talking about it. But I'm like I don't understand how Wanda got got. I just don't get that. It is a weird one. Strange, yeah. too. We that, that's strange another also strange. You could imagine he was at the bodega getting you know a chopped cheese, you know, in his Tim's and his Yankee hat. And <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing yeah, with strange, <laughs> strange at least is just like we we've had now a bit of a. Like a track record of him being a little messy. Yeah, he's careless. Yeah, you know? he, like, yeah. he has yeah. his he, he has his hubris moments. I think. Mm-hmm. I also was thinking more about my zombie team. I like completely redrafted the team. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like uh, Wanda must have been like she had to be caught, you know, because she's unstable. So like she easily could have like been duped by something, you know, mm-hmm. saw like a kid on the ground and thought to go help. And then you know, now was this is very dark. But then the kid turned out to be a zombie. You know that classic thing where the person's being too good and then they get got. Um, mm-hmm. so it's something like that. It, I think that it, I, I don't, don't think some, a zombie got a, the drop on her, but it's not exactly like she is a stable person on the battlefield. So, you know, right. yeah, I'm definitely picking Hulk in this fight. I feel like eventually he wears her down and this is not Scarlet, Witch Wanda. This is Wanda before that. So mm-hmm. she has, right. oh, that's not, a good point. Yeah, she's yeah. not actualized yet. Mm-hmm. I think Scarlet, Witch Wanda, I think Hulk is in a lot of trouble there. Yeah. Um, Messiah, how about you? How do you see this fight shaking out? Even though we, just to kind of see the Hulk but not even, even bitch in that, out in Infinity War this Thanos, time right? so cool. Wait, what's that? Like, even if it's not Scarlet Witch yet, it's still the Wanda that handles Thanos. It is true. true. It is. Yeah. It okay. is. Yeah, factual. What about you, Messiah? I think I think the Hulk would not have said so Avengers, like Bruce Banner would not have said so Avengers if he knew that he was going to survive. That's like, a good point. Wow. I like that. Point. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Like but, it. He, he said that so i think i think that's my answer right there like i think yeah. that he i think wanda i think in general at one point because I, I was even going through it inside my head because the hulk has hops as we know he could have mm-hmm. just like easily jumped away mm-hmm. but yeah. then wanda could fly you know yeah. what i mean yeah so, and like wanda and wanda angry what i love about liz olsen i love about wanda is like wanda angry is freaking terrifying right so like she would have like i i feel like at one point like if anyone's getting worn out, it would have been. Also, who who's the yeah. first character that really threw Hulk off his game? It was Wanda in mm. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. yeah I yeah. thought about. I thought yeah. actually thought about that. That interaction. I know I picked Hulk. I like it's a hard question. I I my I, answer. I, I'm I'm Messiah's kind of like convinced me, especially with that avenging line like that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. that way. I I yeah. think what happens is. Because Hulk can't be killed is the thing we are understand. So I think what happens is she probably manhandles him a bunch like Thanos did turning him back into Bruce Banner. He probably gets rushed by zombies, turns back into the Hulk. This happens a couple times. And then she decides just to pick him up and throw him to like Maryland. 
Mm. And like that takes care of it because like it is like an unstoppable force movable object thing. Like she is able to like use her will on anyone by controlling matter, but he can't be killed. So ultimately I think that it's kind of a stalemate, but she wins and he's kind of taken out of that picture. Um, So I, I do think that it, uh, you know, as another aside in seeing some of the stuff that we got at the end with Bucky just being flung wherever he was flung to, and the way that the Hulk Wanda thing ends with no, us not really seeing the fight, just them charging each other, it does feel like this is going to get revisited. At least, right. like from the outside, if you look at some of that stuff, um, and I certainly would be be very excited for it for sure. Uh, I'm also thinking now about Spider Man in this episode because he plays a big part. Uh, Jerome mentioned earlier he's the conduit to kind of like the yeah, team and yeah. hope and 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 all of those things it so i know a lot of people on the internet were just like really excited for an uncle ben reference which is like oh my god he said uncle the ben i time. can't believe it oh bro it's so crazy but that was a good um, impression of the internet yeah i was, yeah, I was no, like I what do you know on the internet <laughs> I, I try i try um how do you know blink thing- 182 like <laughs> Um, i'm multifaceted jerome uh what you call it uh so like in terms of spider-man generally in the mcu i have not cared about an uncle ben reference i don't feel like we've ever needed it it's not a big deal to me it doesn't like affect me in any type of way because i think this mcu spider-man the reason why i think it's so cool is it's it's its fresh own story it's not tethered to that particular tragedy now i I understand that using it in this episode was actually effective for what they wanted to try and get over but to me it's not tethered to that tragedy like no but he's not mentioned in the movie yeah no but that that's different though right because like um because even in his introduction in civil war like they allude to something that's happened they just don't actually retell the story so like i I, at least i don't think you mean it that way but just the way you had Mm -hmm. communicated it you make it sound like uncle ben doesn't exist or it's not important it is important i think i think character to to piggyback off of that and to agree with jerome because Spider-Man does have that line when you can do the things that I can, but you don't, and then the bad That's things right. happen, they happen to right, you, right, right. which is basically with great power and responsibility. Yeah. I think it is just as important, but in the time that Spider-Man came out, at the time that like we were introduced to Spider-Man, the audience knows that already. They know yes, that Uncle right. Ben is important. We know that it's already. It's intrinsic knowledge. And, knowledge. and that's what makes the character so, really like, yeah, me, special. Like, like yeah. it's like they they're introducing Tom Holland Spider-Man. They're introducing this MCU Spider-Man in a time where the mythology of Spider-Man has been yep. introduced and like honestly, like reintroduced, reintroduced, and like spun in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. now, so I think the freedom of the MCU Spider-Man and also of Into the Spider-Man, which is a completely different conversation, is that like right. we know it already. So we can right. build off of that mythology and go into different directions and tell a different yep. story with it. Yeah. And um, I think also, oh, sorry, Joe, but that oh, the the yeah, specifics of the tragedy that motivates him is that is not as important for this universe. Like, I think that they don't mention, obviously it matters that it's his uncle, but like, they don't need to show it because I think Tom Holland honestly just plays someone who's wise beyond his years because of tragedy. Yes. Like, because, and I, and I think that the thing that it kind of balances is that like, I think that it was a little frustrating looking back to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man's is that like, well, obviously it was incredibly tragic for him to 
loses Uncle Ben. I think it's equally important to understand the Spider-Man character that he also lost his parents at a very early age. Because even if he didn't know his parents, like, it's... Like that's just that's like un, more unusual than losing your uncle. Obviously, is losing both your parents, and so I think that like you just feel the weight of him losing a lot of people, and you don't need him to talk about the specific. And that's why I think your mocking voice of the internet was appropriate because it's like I never thought because they didn't say the words Uncle Ben that you know he didn't exist in this. Universe. That's really what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I think that's why I only push back on the one point of yeah. just like saying like. He doesn't need to be tethered to uncle like no he is tethered like everything that we've just described here and what jake is talking about and how he shows it like says exactly that he is tethered to that story and like it's the mythology and everything that existed we don't have to talk about it because like you're talking about it in two different ways like there is the character of spider-man that we know and there is the experience of fans watching spider-man over time which is separate from it, which is why we don't tell the story that way because we've had it told so many different times. To but, use MCU, to serve Jerome's point and to use MCU um, vernacular, it mm -hmm. is an absolute point that Uncle Ben exactly. dies. Like it is an exactly. absolute, I think inside the Marvel mythology. And I also really do think that something, I will say this, something that hasn't really been covered, well, it has been covered in different ways, but like, the, what makes the Uncle Ben reference so special and so awesome now is that we really do see how much Peter has lost. Like, we just see it cumulated. Like, we see, like, a tally. Because yeah. we see him lose people all the time. We see him lose different father figures throughout, like, almost all the movies yeah. and everything. And it's, it's tough, but to see him talk about his parents, Uncle Ben, to see him talk about Tony Stark, and even Aunt May, like, and Happy... I think that you see how resilient the character is and you all, and you also see like what's keeping him resilient and it's that hope. Mm -hmm. And I think I really like, that's why I refer, that's why like Rogue One was like the reference that I used right. earlier because yeah. it's like, okay, cool. There's like a hope aspect to this. Yeah. Spider-Man's a regular gin or so. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think... Fun fact, Jen Ursa was actually supposed to play Black Cat in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. She played Felicia oh, Hardy. Right. Mm, right. Yeah. That's right. Felicity was supposed to be Felisa. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think knowing that the story exists um, and having all this time pass and like having the MCU Spider-Man go through all the things that the MCU Spider-Man has gone through, not counting what if, like it actually would be refreshing to in some way have him address Uncle Ben after all this time, because it's just like so much has happened since Uncle Ben. And like he, like to Messiah, just like perfectly breaking down like all the things that he's lost along the way. I'm, I'm still kind of like hoping to some degree that this next Spider-Man movie and the existence of versions of Spider-Man that explicitly told that story, like I understand, like, I, I don't exactly know how they're supposed to interact, but I think it would be great on an emotional level to have at least the Tobey Maguire, if not both the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, mm -hmm. be able to relate with Peter on a level that no other person in existence could. Yeah. And that's, I think, a place, like, a, a good and could be, like, a really powerful place to actually bring back Uncle Ben. No, not like really like in the conversation of it, yeah. not actually like a, the guy walking in and being like, "Hey, I'm alive in this universe." No, but just like oh my talking god, about um, <laughs> but so yeah, I like I, I think, and that's what it is. Like I, I yeah, I I 
I, I haven't really been paying attention with the online discourse and I guess it, it probably does sound a little silly, especially in that voice. Um, but uh, I would, yeah, I, I just wouldn't. I don't, be... I don't bust those voices out too often. So right. when I do, I, I think in the it. general sense, like not counting, however, wherever they're coming from, like mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to go back to Uncle Ben. I, I, I really think it's really interesting that you bring up No Way Home. Um, there is, of course, the trailer came out. I think to see all the new villains and stuff like the villains that from like the old Rose Gallery from like the Raimi universe and like the Sony ASM, TASM universe, mm-hmm. it's so exciting. But I think what is, I think to serve Jerome's point, it is, it would be a cool time to kind of like introduce Uncle Ben and to get into Peter's past a little bit because... And also, and, and also I think that it comes at a great time because I think what I think there's there's cool storytelling in Marvel Studios' rollout, where it's just like it's really cool that what if comes right after we see all the multiverse be created at the end of Loki. You know what I mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. we and it's so cool to see um like it's so much so that like, you know, like the gears start turning with like the episode before and like Doctor Strange like Strange Supreme and being like, oh, like what is Strange Supreme Supreme like appears in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. Like there's something really cool about that. So I what hope the Disney Plus shows, if not every main character unpacking their trauma. <laughs> yeah. Abs- what? I feel like that. I feel like, another, right? I don't know. I feel like there's something I I think there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I and think- there is. And I think that's why like uh like when I was saying like in terms of just Peter getting a chance to finally look back, that might be a good opportunity finally to go there Absolutely. and do it in, in an indirect way. Yeah. So before we get to Messiah's many, many Marvel and MCU takes, I want to get some final thoughts on this episode before we close out. Uh, Jake, is there anything else that you'd like to add about this episode and where this show is going as we're now more than halfway through? Uh, first, I actually just want to ask Mosiah, um, because I went to college with him and I know him very well. How do you feel about Happy Hogan taking a shot at your home state of New Jersey? How did that feel? <laughs> I, <laughs> I gotta say, as someone from New Jersey, you know, you make fun of the thing that you love. So, like, I'm, mm. I welcome it. You know, <laughs> you. good sport. Yeah, you know, you know, Jersey, you know, I, the way that I feel about New Jersey is that like, and Jake, I love you, but at least we're not Florida right now. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's true. But no, I don't have any. I don't it have any sense. Yeah. You couldn't like really put the zombie uh, episode in Florida because people would just be like, wait, who's who right now? Wow. Yeah, honestly, exactly. No, in Florida, they would have the zombie, uh, the vaccine for the quantum virus, but people wouldn't want to take it to be like, you yeah, know, yeah that, I'll take my it, chances. Whole other my immune system is strong enough. But um, no, I, my final thoughts on the episode, I thought it was fun. Um, and it's, I think, a perfect example of what they can do with the show um, when the stakes are, when the stakes are whatever they want the stakes to be. Um, and it was a really, I think the most fun thing about it was just the hodgepodge of characters because it's such a high pressure situation like you can really just fight any character being there um mm-hmm. and so and it's that's the whole magic of the mcu you can have characters that are like you would never think would interact interact so that's what i enjoyed the most about it right and uh Messiah, how about you any final thoughts final thoughts is once again that hodgepodge was really really exciting i have one character note um i felt mm-hmm. i felt like they nailed spider-man in so many different aspects especially yeah. like just mm-hmm. like the philosophy and values of the character but homeboy was not wearing a mask throughout the entire thing. 
and that right. and like and during a zombie I get I get the thing of like wanting some FaceTime for that beautifully animated face that they did. But <laughs> no, that's really it is a point. zombie apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? It's, also, it's it is such a-, a classic like comic book movie faux pas of just like the start. Like it's so silly because it's animated, but it's just like star needs to be seen so they won't be wearing the right. mask that they should be wearing for practical Abs- reasons absolutely and i thought like at one point he only wore it at the beginning and like mm. i thought at one point he would put it on but like nah but in general i did love the episode it was so exciting usually i skip the intro so i don't see the cast so i'm like left surprised oh it's a good show yeah and um i love seeing like john favreau like just john from john favreau who started the mcu to kirk mm-hmm who appeared twice. You know what I mean? Like it's really, it was something really special. And um, I don't know. I want to see them expand upon it in general. Oh yeah. That, that Thanos ending was so cool. And so chilling oh, yeah. at the same time. Uh, Jerome, how about you? Any final thoughts? Um, uh, so just on the Spider-Man note, I think it was also a very cool, uh, maybe a little intentional job interview for leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I think I think like just he clearly showed leadership there. He clearly was not not just like in having like a decent sense of what's going on, although in like kind of the playful, like boyish, like I know how movies work, but also just kind of being the heart of it. Um, everything that Messiah kind of broke down about hope. I think that's kind of what you would hope for, and maybe like the kind of qualities that like a Tony Stark saw in him, like the better mm-hmm. version of himself. Uh, there was that. Um, I did mention I actually got to give it more thought in like my zombie team. So I'm just gonna go <laughs> run through it. So I agree with Thor. That's the right call. Um, I want to go with that. Uh, in terms, I'm gonna take Yondu off the list. Uh, I do like that, but I just think for like a little more uh, color, I'm gonna add Rocket. Okay. Build a lot of stuff, projectiles, things like that. And then you know what? I, I felt like I was really harsh on you. I'll try and kind of make sense. Now I'm fucking with you. I'm going with a uh, Wong um, as my final character. Uh, I, I I think what had happened was um, like in terms of transport and everything, and also talking about very like recency bias, like mm-hmm. who is holding shit down for Phase Four right now? Mm-hmm. It's Wong. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you Wong? need a, oh, yeah. like for for a crazy road trip like this, you need a pair. No, but Wong's always there. Like he, getaway. He's he's the ultimate straight man. I felt right. like I also felt like the the characterization of Wong in the Doctor Strange episode before was perfect. Right, like right, right. On. I want to see yeah. more Wong. Like I think generally in the like I want to hear what other uh, like listeners tell us what your zombie team is. One thing that I think was running through my head a lot, um, and this is not specifically picking on the Ultron pick, but it's just like uh, we were all picking characters that also could be very much like well, like Hulk obviously is. Um, like can't stop the Hulk, but also can't stop the Hulk. Like we can't, like you, Yeah. how how much often, like I think you, your best case scenario is like you get like a Ragnarok Hulk who seems to be just like aware enough and on your team. Right. But then like, what if you get an Ultron Hulk and then like that gets all like messy. Ooh, boy. Uh, you, so it's just um, like strongest. Yeah. But I think you, you kind of need people who are generally like mentally strong or like at least can handle the shit. Thor, I think we might have to deal with like certain um, certain like depression that he might go through through the zombie apocalypse that he might just get like, you know, put on a lot of weight. Right. Um, that's why I did have a like short term pick of like Korg just to keep him in check. But uh, Korg can't do anything. Outside hey, man, speed. we're fighting zombies, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like that Call of Duty game we played before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
the zombies are really dick. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, but I would say that it was a really fun episode. Um, could use more of it, but like you said, we might go back to it too. Uh, and then just generally um, these cliffhangers that what if has been sitting on, like whether they get addressed in this season or further down, uh, they've been very interesting. Like they're just like, it's, they're just been this consistent theme of, uh is every other timeline the darkest timeline because <laughs> mm-hmm. like it all goes to shit like everywhere else in war like in just terrible ways even like the most hopeful one in t'challa star lord goes to shit <laughs> like at the very end it's just yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and and i think overall I, I really do like what they're doing with the concept i think initially uh the first episode was kind of like okay Okay, we're just doing it regular, uh, dipping our toe in the water. The T'Challa thing was interesting. Necessary. I, I repeat from like earlier on, a necessary thing to do though. Yeah, I, I it, actually like, think yeah, it kind of yeah. it kind of helped things out. It kind of smoothed things over. And if then you started on like what if zombies, it just would have been like a cluster. Oh, I know. Yeah, and yeah. I think episode, I think episode three, which I think is the one that er- that everybody's kind of like meh on. Um, after that, we've after that four and five have been really, really dark stories with very interesting endings. So going forward, I think we still have we still have Party Thor, we still have Killmonger, Tony Stark. Uh, we got a couple of good ones on the way of Vision Ultron. That scenario that should be fun too. And yeah, we'll see where What If takes us. It's a series that definitely has. Uh, a lot of legs and a lot of places to go. We already know that we're getting a season two, so you have something to look forward to there. Ooh, so ultimate it, survivor in a zombie apocalypse might be Trevor. <laughs> right, playing dead. <laughs> Trevor Morris is the buddy cop comedy we need. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. So we will revisit What If again next week, but while we're still here and while we have Mosiah here, he's a big Marvel fan. He's a big MCU fan. The biggest so, Spider-Man fan I know. Biggest uh, Spider-Man fan. Because you know. tell him in your freshman year, you did like a little Spider-Man short film, did you not? Yeah, yeah. Me and my friend Dan, we uh, <laughs> nice. I played Mom, I played Miles Morales, and nice. um, in my freshman year for like a a short film, which was a bucket list thing that I've wanted to do since I was seven. Like I right. I work in entertainment. I'm an actor and I'm a musician and. Spider-Man 2 inspired that directly. I looked right. at it and asked my mom, like, yo, I want to do what he's doing. What is that called? And she thought I meant being a superhero, but she thought I meant acting. So she said, acting. So that was your Planet of the Apes is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that was my Planet you, of the Apes. Yeah. I, and I'll say this. Any casting directors looking to cast a superhero thing, um, if Marcus is, excuse me, Mosiah, uh, I just got to use your stage name. Uh, if Mosiah <laughs> is in as good shape as he was when he met me for drinks on my birthday, then he definitely is already in superhero shape. So please cast him. Right. <laughs> no, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, you well, go. okay. In that regard, if you don't mind me hijacking a bit, AC, like, yeah, go ahead. Just because we could have such a deep dive into like different Marvel things. And yeah, we totally. already know coming off this episode, Messiah is going to be back on another episode in the future. That's mm-hmm. a given. Easy. So, Heck yeah. since we're starting at, like, if we know he is the Spider Man super fan, like, let's just focus on No Way Home. Okay. Um, cool. So, like, there's so many different things to go here. I guess the first one is how do you think the other Spider-Man play into this? I, if I was to get, you know, it's so tough to say, I think that Marvel is a master of like, you know, taking expectations and subverting them. So I'm going in with an open mind. 
but I think they come in in the third act. Like they're mm-hmm. definitely like a climactic type deal where it's like first you see the villains come in. It's kind of like similar. It's like they they come in during the portals moment of the of the movie. It's like where, the end game kind of yeah. Right, right. Where it's like all right, we got Peter up against the corner against six of these guys, and at first he's able to take them pretty well. You know, he's tactical. He's got his friends. You know, I mean, he got Doctor Strange and everything. But then for some reason, he's backed up in a corner. Everyone's just backed up in a corner because of these really powerful guys. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like we see an organic web just like shoot out and like hit Gabi in the face or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we see like Raimi and we see like Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, like just Mm -hmm. come into play. That's how I'd love to see it. And then they, I would love to see like the different strengths played into each other because like okay. I think the big thing about the online discourse and also the big thing about the character is that like they each have different strength like each Spider-Man have different strengths and they're important to people for different reasons some people mm-hmm. will ride or die with Tobey Maguire because of his like there's a stoicism to stoicism to him and he's mm-hmm. way more serious some people like love Andrew Garfield because he has that like charm and he had he has this he charm that we didn't see before <laughs> and then he, Tom he was Holland- the smartest Spider-Man that we didn't get enough like really a lot of in the original trilogy yeah he was smart he was cool and he was also like i think that he he negotiated a whole lot if i remember correctly like he would always try and like be like yo like in the middle of it yo this isn't you try and get out of this try and stay with me and i think tom is like you know like tom just stands by like like tom's tom spider-man and just like has like a lot of values so I would love to see different moments where we see, you know, them playing to their strengths, you know, like we see a bit of fan service happening because, you know, like there is stuff that we like from each one and we are making memes out of them. Like I would, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would love to see Spider-Man be like, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye, maybe like that, or maybe it's right, something right. where it just like, he just says a line. Like, I think, I think it's going to be like a nice curtain call moment. Because when I think about the, the nice, when I think about the grand scheme of like Spider-Man thus far in these like 52 something years, like we've had a lot of Spider-Man content and we're very aware that we've had a lot of Spider-Man content. And like, I think they can do something similar to like Into the Spider-Verse where it's like, we're going to make this a bit of a victory lap slash celebration of the character of everything that's came so far like let's let andrew let's let toby have his moment to shine let's let like you know andrew garfield have his moment to shine with the character and let them have something really special and i think like on both ends internally and like for an audience like that's going to be really special i think it's also going to take place in like a major manhattan landmark like Mm -hmm. it's just like um i was looking at i don't know like there's something there's something there's something about like you know like a major bridge or something like that like and we're just now because in far in far from home we just saw him like swinging in manhattan during that final swing so i think they're gonna be i feel like they're gonna do something in like no way home where like they're in manhattan or like most of the action takes place in manhattan um who's the best spider-man in my opinion yeah oh man i like them all you know what i mean i really do um if I had to, and I, I think I, whenever I get introduced to a new one, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I like this one now and stuff. Right. But like, um, they're all special to me and for different reasons. I really like Tom because yeah. Tom is closest to my age. So it's really cool to see someone my age, like kind of live the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I think that he brings a physicality to the character that we haven't seen before. 
I feel like Tom in general as an actor has this great potential to be like this, like our next Harrison Ford in a way and be like an action star with some depth to him. And just because of like, you see him in movies like Cherry and then you see him in this and he wants to be James Bond and stuff like that. So I, I think seeing him grow up with the character is really exciting. Andrew was my favorite. He made me like, I remember watching it and seeing his chemistry with like someone with Emma Stone and like Mm -hmm. seeing Mm -hmm. him like play the character just made it seem so fun. And like, and I, Mm -hmm. he obviously like, I would see him talk about it in interviews. Like he loves the character. So like, I think growing up, he was my favorite. And Toby's the classic man. Like Toby introduced me to the guy. So like, he's always going to hold a special place in my heart. And I think he, we, we all kind of fell in love with this guy trying to balance it all. And for me, that was my first like live action experience with the character besides like, like my first live action experience before that was just like the PlayStation one game before the movie (laughs) tie in game. Like, so I, it's a beautiful game. I can go into a whole episode about that, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, but like, it's, it's really, I think all three of them are special. It's like, it's, I can't choose between the three very well. So, so as we know, Spider-Man has a a very extensive rogues gallery. Who's your favorite Spider-Man villain? Oh my God. The Osborns, man. Mm. Dr. Octopus is up there because I think that he's kind of like his Joker. Like I really love the superior Spider-Man arc. He's really smart. Oh yes. I love the way the PlayStation 4 played him. Like he's great. Venom is up there for me too. Like I think Tom Hardy should be in the MCU with Spider-Man in one point. Like he is, I, I, I love I, I grew up like loving Venom and knowing him to be like kind of like an anti-hero type deal. Mm-hmm. But the Osborns recently, I've been really loving. I'd love to see them come to life in the MCU in some oh, crazy same. way. Like, I think that they could do something really succession-y with the, Ooh, with the Osborns. A, okay. right, right. right, right. I'm just going to leave it at that. I want to, I, I love that crazy. idea. But like, I, I think love that, that idea. I think that as, because like when we, when we're looking at the final swing, and we're seeing like the event what used to be the Avengers Tower turned into something else. Yeah, I think that should be Osborne, and I, I think okay. actually that, that should be Oscorp. And I'd love to see like you know like what does a modern Harry Osborne look like? You know what Norman I mean? With like, a little boar on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see, and I would love to see like I I my dream cast for like Harry Osborne was always Timothy Chalamet because he's like a New York rich kid. You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like mm-hmm. he would do a really good job at it. But I'd love to see like, you know, succession in the MCU. Like what does succession in a superpowered world look like? What does it look like when your dad is this like multi-billionaire Elon Musk type of dude who came, who wasn't born in that life. And then like, you're trying to make your own name within that and everything. Like I, I think there's going to be some really cool stuff there. And I think like, you know, like Flash is also very wealthy. So I think that Harry Osborn and Flash Thompson would be friends and like, I don't know, like, it, I, I would just love to see the Osborns in the MCU in some capacity. I like that. Um, I think, okay, so just, I, I will say the last bit, just like coming off like the uh, No Way Home trailer. Uh, what's going on with Strange? Is he being a little too strange? I, you know, Nick Fury, I, it makes me think back to like Nick Fury being a scroll. In um okay mm-hmm. i think if the mc was telling me anything is like it's kind of that nick fury line of be ready for anything you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you know like you never know what we're gonna throw at you and no way home is definitely that so if dr strange ends up to be not what he seems 
you know, follow that, but also like wait to see what happens. Because uh, are we gonna get into a game show of scroll or deviant? <laughs> <laughs> scroll, deviant, or variants. Right. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Like that's true. Yeah. Oh man, because you'll yeah. never know. Because you'll never know. The multiverse is open now, and obviously, like that, it's cool to see. Like it, it could be really cool that Doctor Strange is just not who he says he is, or it's just from a different universe and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's a good. I think it's a good question. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. watching as a fan, but right. I, I'm watching with that eye. Okay, nice. so let me give you uh, the choice between the three: Mary Jane Watson, Felicia Hardy. Gwen Stacy, who are you going with? Um, in the comics or in like the movie? If we're if we're going in the comics, I gotta say like my personal crush was um Felicia Hardy. I thought Felicia Hardy Shout was Felicia. Oh my gosh, she is like <laughs> oh like I I think I she was my awakening as a kid. Like she was like so I thought that she was talk dumb. about it. Speak on it. I know. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. P, if we're talking about it, the PlayStation One Spider Man game. That yes. was like she she appears right in the beginning of that. And she's like, "Hey, spider!" And she like she's like your tutorial. She's like she gives you your first mission. Yeah. And for me, being a young lad at five, being like being like, "Oh, you get to interact with people like this if you're a superhero." <laughs> I want to do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so police already shows a young Mazias. A young Messiah tingling with spider sense, ready to risk it. All. <laughs> I know, I know. I was ready to shoot my shot. I was like, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll learn the controls. Mm-hmm. I'll learn how to shoot the webs. But yeah, um, but yeah, I I gotta say, Felicia Hardy is definitely up there. Um, if second, I would have mm. to say Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. Okay, when she was first yeah. cast. Mm. I wanted her to be Mary Jane because I was like. She's red. She's a redhead. Natural. Natural. Yeah, yeah. Which is no. It's actually ironic. She's actually not. She's actually a natural blonde, but she always works redhead. The oh, amazing wow. Yeah. The amazing hey, Spider-Man really? One, yeah, it's one of the few roles she's ever used her natural hair color, but she's a natural blonde. She, but it just it doesn't work with her skin complexion that much. So that's why she works redhead. Oh man, I always <laughs> thought like Kirsten Dunst was like not the natural redhead. No, it's the, it's the ironic thing is that they basically switched it. That the, the first Mary Jane was a natural blonde who played redhead, and mm-hmm. I mean it was a natural uh, redhead. No, sorry, yeah, exactly. So it was the yeah, same yeah. thing, except one okay. just yeah. Anyway, yeah. wow so, stuff. So I yeah, do but... I, I do have to say, Masai, before you continue, um, yeah. So when you mentioned Felicia Hardy, I think I keep thinking of the uh, Spider-Man animated series. Uh, Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, um, in the suit, them things was thangin'. That's all I'll say. Yeah, them things were thangin'. And they translated it in an interesting way inside the, like, I think inside the PS4 Spider-Man, too, because it's just, like, it was, I don't know, it's really, really cool to see the character. I, I, that's another character I'd love to see in the MCU. Hopefully when Peter's, like, in college and everything, so it's not weird. But, um... But yeah, I think Felicia Hardy, Felicia Hardy is, she's like the crush character. I feel like mm-hmm. she was a lot of people's like, I don't know, like Mary Jane was up there for a lot of people, but like there was something about like Felicia Hardy. It's like, you shouldn't have, like, you shouldn't be dating this person. This person's a bad guy. It's like a little Romeo and Juliet. So I think that that was, that was exciting to see as a kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was, that was, yeah. So between the three, it's got to be Felicia Hardy for me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And Messiah, thank you so much for joining us. This has been oh, shout out thank to you. Jake, shout out to Jake for knowing really, really cool people to bring on the show. Um A, a plus job by you, Jake. Messiah, so thank you for really bringing it as you have. You are definitely coming back to this this here program. 
man uh, it's thank really you so much. it's really yeah, thank you so much. Up and of course again thank you for the what if voice uh really appreciate that you did a great job there thank where you. can we follow you where can we find your work um you can find me on instagram and on tiktok under mosiah.jpg you can also find me on spotify apple music wherever you get your music under m-o-z-i-a-h that's mosiah and yeah yeah check out my latest single union square park and all the other music that's there i have like three eps and one album available awesome awesome thank you again jerome chang where can we follow you sir uh you can follow me on instagram at black dragon roll and twitter at jumby lime and maybe at some point black dragon roll but we'll figure that we're out. still hoping we're still keeping we're the fingers crossed we got the we got the lighters up we're waiting <laughs> yeah yeah we're waiting um but no no uh yeah just you know find me out here <laughs> no, absolutely and jay christie you can follow me at the Jake Christie. Let's follow the podcast, No Funk and Strictly Mountain, where me and Andre Barrera talk about the USA Network original series, Monk. Uh, and yeah, just uh, stay tuned to this. Um, and uh, definitely do check out Mosiah's music. It's very good. I saw him perform live in a basement once, and you know it was good because a basement party in Brooklyn is the place that I feel least in place, and I felt great. So it's good music. This was not at that concert because this that was like a year and a half ago, but uh, Union Square Park slaps, uh, and I really recommend you listen to it. Uh, either now. It can't be easier. positive <laughs> oh man and of course you can follow me on twitter at anthony canton underscore three follow the show at mc university pod uh we did an episode earlier this week on shang chi legend of the ten rings i i reckon if you've seen the movie Woo! go listen to that and and check it out that was a hell of a movie and um also of course we do have a patreon Patreon dot Patreon Patreon.com slash uh, MC University Pod, where we have been reviewing these Spider-Man films um, leading up to No Way Home. We have the amazing Spider-Man uh, two films to get to, which we'll get to one later this month. Uh, we've been doing some other stuff. Uh, expect some stuff in the DC realm and DC TV later this month. Uh, me and Shivani are going to tackle some stuff related to that. More on that as we go. But again, thank you for supporting the show, um, especially if you've been a listener. Mm -hmm. Also, I should also say, even if you don't support us on the Patreon, please rate, review, subscribe, yep. um, mm -hmm. all of those things. And um, yeah, well, much appreciated. So for Messiah, for Jerome Chang, for Jay Christie, I am Anthony Kanz on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we'll talk Ultron to you next time. Ultron is Ooh. Anthony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs>